Welcome to the Six Degree Podcast, the podcast where we grill our guests about the things that make them tick and find out how human connection plays a role in their life. I'm your host, Emily Merrill. Hello, and welcome to the Six Degree Podcast with Emily Merrill. I'm your host, Emily Merrill, and today I am thrilled to have Kelly Nash as our guest today. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. It's so cool to, I, I mean, I love the fact that we can connect via podcast and these are conversations that we're having on the phone or via Instagram. So it's neat to be able to share it in this vertical. Totally. This, this platform. How are you doing with everything right now? I've been telling people as we're recording this, this is all happening during the coronavirus. Uh, crazy time yeah. of the world, not even like the United States. So how are you holding up first and foremost? Um, I think like last week it, it was a lot of like just processing and absorbing everything. And I feel like now I'm kind of trying to step away from the news and my Twitter feed a little bit just to like <laughs> give myself some grace and just try to get back into life before the coronavirus. So I'm really just trying to still like, you know, include things I was doing before in my day to day now. So I started that yesterday. So I feel like I'm slowly but surely getting better. But yeah, the last couple of days have been very strange and scary. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like it reminds me in a weird way of like a snow day when you're a kid and you get so excited for a snow day and you get to be <laughs> at home and there's no school, but it's not a snow day and you can't play with other people and you are still working. And you're like forced to be inside. Yeah. I think that's the word. I think the idea of forced is... Um, what's interesting for people. Yeah. But speaking of forced, um, a lot of people <laughs> have the choice to now or have the opportunity to now try out working from home. And with your role at Salesforce, you have been able to be, you know, had some opportunity to practice working at home. Do you have any tips for people who are being forced into it now? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I've, I've worked at Salesforce like almost six years now and I've always had like a very like flexible and like work schedule. So my manager sits in New York, my team scattered across the U S. So like I've been able to kind of go and go into the office when I want work from home when I want, which has been really nice. I've had that flexibility, but now I'm like actually being forced to work from home full time. So it's been interesting, but I'm really trying to kind of stick to where I've been always doing when I have been working from home. So I think like, you know, the first thing is just getting ready for the day. Like you are going into work. I feel like getting, putting, putting normal clothes on, not staying in the PJs, like getting your hair and makeup done. I feel like that just sets you up for success for the day and gets you in the right mindset, I feel like. And I think another thing that I've been trying to do more and more, so especially during this time, is just being mindful of my mental health and really taking time to utilize the breathe app. I know there's a ton of like apps out there. Yeah. I'd never heard of that one before. I saw you yeah. posted a story about it. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah. So I, the reason why I've, I've tried a, a couple of different ones and the one, the, the reason why I really liked breathe was just the fact that there's like really calming music during the meditations and the woman who is in charge of like all of the specific meditations, it seems like is, you know, very calming and suit has a very soothing voice. I, I don't know. I just, I'm able to get in the right headspace when I'm in that app versus other ones that I've used. So I definitely highly recommend that one. I will definitely be trying that one tonight because I've, I've given calm a go. I've given headspace a go. And sometimes I'm like, 
more overwhelmed after I try them. So it's, it's really, it's great to have recommendations. So breathe, yeah. B-R-E-E-T-H, I thought it was, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two E's. Two E's. Okay. We'll add that one into the show notes so we know. Um, I also want to make a comment. So for those of you, since you're hearing us via audio, I have the pleasure of looking at Kelly right now. And Kelly <laughs> is definitely adhering to her advice. She is fully done up. Her lipstick is gorgeous. Her <laughs> hair is blown out. And, you know, when we got on the call, I was like, you look gorgeous. And she's like, you too. And I literally look like a giant teddy bear in one, you know, like no makeup, my hair is frizzy and I have got like a teddy bear jacket on. So I just want to prove that what she's doing is probably working better than what I am doing. Well, you're more cozy, but like you're still glowing, you know? That's the most important thing. I'm going, I got a facial last week. So, you know, back in the olden days. Um, So in in addition to, well, first you also are based in Chicago. So I want to let our audience know you're based in Chicago. So with Chicago, I remember talking to you over a year or two ago, you guys were, you were destroyed by weather essentially. Yeah. Yeah. We had the polar vortex. (laughs) Right. And I remember you're like, it's so cold outside. We're like forbidden to actually walk outside. So this is kind of just an, another iteration of, of a polar vortex. It feels that way. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, yeah. So I think again, if you're working from home, like I think majority of America is, um, I think it's also important to just be aware of your environment and make sure that you're in a place where you're going to be again in the right headspace and making sure that you're turning your webcam on. Cause I think especially at a time like this, it's like important to see other people's faces and like be able to connect with people just like we are right now. You know, Mm -hmm. it just makes a huge difference when you can actually see someone's face. I feel like there's just a larger amount of connection when that happens. And, um, you know, just, be, be human too. like make an effort to at this time to like get to know your coworkers and your clients on maybe a more personal level. I feel like that always goes a long way, especially in times like this. So mm-hmm. highly recommend that as well. Those are great, great pieces of advice, creating that yeah. virtual community. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I like to talk about on the six degree is mm-hmm. when I started six degree society, it was a side hustle. Like I never, ever, ever, ever saw it to be a full-time hustle. And here we are in year five as a full-time hustle. Which is and, so amazing. And so insane too. I was like, who was I? I was such a ballsy <laughs> little 28 year old. Um, but you as well are a side hustler and you have this incredible platform that you've created called Lipstick and Ink. So what are you on year three now of Lipstick and Ink, I think? Yeah, I just celebrated like it's two year birthday or anniversary, whatever you want to call it back uh, last month. That's amazing. Congratulations. Wow. Two years. It feels like it's been so much longer. I know. I know. So you're working full-time at Salesforce, which Mm -hmm. I imagine is a very demanding and rigorous job. And Mm -hmm. you put so much love and thoughtfulness and attention into lipstick lipstick and ink. I almost said lipstick and ink. (laughs) Not not what it is. Um, Can you tell us first and foremost, what inspired you to create a platform like Lipstick and Ink and how it's evolved from your creation? Yeah, I feel like I can relate to your story with Six Degrees Society. I feel like I kind of went into it just it being a passion project for me. So back when I was younger, I like always loved to write. And like throughout high school and college, like I had various blogs, but like I think somewhere along the way of creating those blogs and getting my writing out there, 
you know, I just kind of let it go. Um, I, I pushed the writer in me aside and kind of suppressed it just because I was being judged and receiving criticism for the things that I was putting out there. And I felt like that really got to me. And I think it just coupled with the fact that after I graduated college, you know, you're getting into the real world, you're kind of just, you know, in the rat race <laughs> of the corporate world, as we like to call it. And, you know, I met my husband and I just felt like at that point, life kind of got in the way in a sense. And I made a lot of excuses for why I wasn't writing. And I think after our wedding and our honeymoon, I came back and had like this immense amount of time because I wasn't wedding planning for two years <laughs> anymore. Oh my God, um, it's a full-time job in itself. It truly is. Um, so yeah, so I just was starting to do some soul searching and just wanted to see like, what could I do with that extra time on my hands when I was coming home from work? I just felt like just sitting on the couch and watching tea, just, you know, it just wasn't for me. I just needed something else to get my hands on. And I, one, one day in January of 2018, I just impulsively decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to write again and I'm going to start a professional blog. And like, hopefully this time around people can take me seriously. And, uh, you know, when I was debating about what content I wanted to really put out there, I, I really wanted to come from a place of service and help others in the way that I needed help in my career specifically. So, you know, throughout my high school and college career and post-college, um, you know, people were always turning to me for advice on their careers and, hey, can you review my resume? Hey, can you look over my cover letter? Maybe update this for me. So I was always like that go-to girl for, for that. So I knew when I created Lipstick and Ink, that was really what I wanted to go after. And honestly, like within a month of deciding, I like coded my site, <laughs> registered <laughs> domain, had the logo made and launched with four blog posts. And yeah, it was, it was incredible the positive feedback that I got from launching. And it then kind of extended into events um, towards the latter half of 2018. And I've been doing that like a couple times throughout the year since then, just to like bring, you know, some of the blog topics that I'm writing about to life and create like a community around that and bring women together to talk about whatever that topic is, you know, at that specific event. I love that. And I love the fact that you just put your mind to it and you were able to take into action or you're able to move into action and build it yourself. And I yeah. think for those that are listening that want to be an entrepreneur or want to start something and are so scared to start, there's so many incredible tools out there that you think like, oh, I need to spend thousands of dollars on a developer or I need to right. hire someone to do it that you can do yourself. And 100%. you did yours on WordPress, which I still think is like driving stick shift and I'm not a great <laughs> driver of it. Um, and you do a beautiful, beautiful job of making the WordPress your own. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah, WordPress is probably the hardest one to, to work with, but I think once you get in a groove, there's so like, to your point, there's so many YouTube tutorials out there. Like mm -hmm. it was literally my best friend and I taught myself everything. And I think that's, that's the, that's the really empowering part of like owning something like this is like, you can make it your own and you can, you can get that information like within a couple clicks if you're really looking for it. And I think with your blog, you've done a really good job of keeping your authenticity uh, and having it shine through all of your written word. Mm -hmm. um, when I read an article that you've written, it feels very much like I'm having a conversation with you and it's on topics that aren't easy topics to have conversations on. I mean, I've seen you cover, I think one of my favorite articles that you wrote was on motherhood and why mm -hmm. you were, why you were scared to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have like the quintessential American dream 
perfect story from afar with, you know, marrying your husband, living in a a great condo, having a dream job. And to put yourself out there so vulnerably must have been really hard, but also rewarding. Can you tell us more about those types of experiences and how you feel when you hit publish? Yeah. I mean, it's really scary to hit publish on those kind of posts, but I feel like I get the most feedback on those posts. Like there's so many people that are in similar situations, maybe not even that post, but other posts that I've written. And it's just, again, it, I think being vulnerable and authentic to who you are when you are writing, I think is so important because again, it's just going to create that connection that I think everyone at the end of the day is really looking for. And I just want to, you know, when I want, when I created lipstick and ink, I knew I wanted to really stay true to who I am and, you know, kind of show the full breadth of who I am too. And not just like what you see, you know, from afar, like to your point, there's a lot of things to think about when you look at people that look successful, but like at the end of the day, there, there might be struggles under underlying that you don't necessarily know about. And that's, those are things that I'm trying to bring to light too, is, is the fact that you just, it's so it's it's important and powerful to be vulnerable and share your story and your experiences because at the end of the day you're gonna find someone that connects with that. Yeah, amen, sister, on that. I think <laughs> yeah. it's so I, I think there's definitely a, a shift happening from like the air uh, airbrushed, filtered look of yeah yesteryear, so to speak. And now you wanna see like the people who are having babies and posting pictures and of the, the postpartum. Um, and like the challenges they're going through, not the, I lost 20 pounds a day after giving birth type thing. So it's really <laughs> refreshing. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think everyone's craving that authenticity and like just the realness of people just so again, so you can just connect with them. And yeah. Talk. And permission to have a dialogue. Exactly. 100%. And I, I've noticed also in conjunction with all of these articles that you're posting and the, what you post on Instagram, you talk a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. Why is that a, a subject matter that's important to you? And what's like, what do you recommend people do to start that conversation more openly within their own communities? Yeah. So, I mean, I was personally affected by like, you know, having anxiety and I didn't really realize I had anxiety until I made the move and went to go see a therapist a couple years ago. And this was in my wedding planning. And that's, <laughs> that's the best time to go to a therapist. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's honestly what triggered it to be honest, but, um, it was so good. I went for six months straight, like every week religiously and talked through not only just like the, 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 the anxiety that I was having from wedding plane, but like all these other things started to come out and I didn't even realize how much was affecting me until I began really talking mm-hmm. about it. So I think, you know, if, if someone else is going through similar feelings or struggles, I think the first step is to just talk openly about it. If you, if you're willing to just to your family and friends, like when I was going through that, I had to like call my mom and my sister and just like cry. Like, you know, it's just, sometimes you have to go through that and explain how you are feeling. It's really easy to just hide that kind of stuff. But I think it's so important to just be open and honest about where you're at, you know, emotionally, mentally. And um, I think this, the second part of that is if you have the means and you're willing to, I would highly recommend seeing 
a therapist. I think that was a huge game changer for me. Like my therapist gave me a lot of coping mechanisms that I could utilize moving forward. You know, just getting an unbiased opinion of what I was going through at the time was so helpful. And and I knew for me, I didn't want any kind of uh, medication or anything like that. I wanted to really do it that way specifically. And I feel like for me, it worked and it got to a point where I was going and I really didn't have much to talk about anymore. It was really much the same, you know, thing that we were always talking about. So I, I, I have since like not gone to my therapist, but looking back on that time period, it was so pivotal and, and needed. And I think it's interesting how you're, you know, you were triggered by wedding planning yeah. and for a lot of times or a lot of outsiders, people would think, well, like, well, why are you triggered by wedding planning? Like how lucky <laughs> you're getting married. And I think wedding planning is the most triggering thing of them all. Um, yeah. And I actually, if anyone is listening and is in the midst of wedding planning or about to get engaged, I want to give them permission to be triggered during it because so many, you know, people will always warn you before you get engaged that something is going to come up emotionally. Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because what might've come up for you could have been so different than me. But for me, I was triggered by guilt. Like I felt so guilty all the time about everything. Guilty yeah. having people pay, yep. <laughs> guilty flying, guilty wearing a dress that I picked out for them, mm -hmm. guilt. Was there any a particular theme that popped up for you? So the theme was people pleasing. I wanted to please anyone and everyone that was personally going to be at my wedding or affected by my wedding. So, and that in therapy, I realized that I have been an incessant people pleaser. And that's where my, a lot of my anxiety comes from, like in my perfectionism. So I wanted my wedding to be perfect. I wanted it to be a day where people left and was like, that was the best wedding I ever went to. So I had, I put this enormous pressure on myself for really no reason, but to just please people. And at the end of the day, I should have been more concerned with how am I feeling and how is my husband going to feel like, yeah. You know, we forget so. about the husbands during this whole process. <laughs> yeah. It's more about how it's going to look on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, there's just so much pressure around weddings. And, and I realized like my people pleasing needed to come to a halt after that. And I think I've been working through that even up until this point, um, just to really do me and do what I want and not always worry about what other people are thinking or what they want from me. Do you have any boundaries or any... I don't want to say coping techniques, but any yeah techniques that you use to kind of put those blinders up or to give your this give yourself the space not to feel like you have to people please. I feel like it's a work in progress, honestly. I think it's just been primarily distancing myself from the people that I have been triggered by and mm -hmm. just putting those boundaries in place and yeah, just honestly still navigating through that and what that means for me, but Again, I think a lot of the people pleasing to came with my writing. You know, I, mm -hmm. I stopped writing because I was getting criticism and judgment. And I realized, it, and I think Lipstick and Ink has like heightened my awareness to my people pleasing just to do me and write those posts, like why I'm scared to be a mom and what my mental health means to me, just to like, again, be out there and vulnerable in myself. And I think that's like, honestly, the most empowering thing you can do. Well, I, I think right now in the time that we're in, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of posts come out of it because I think you have a <laughs> yeah. great opportunity to share your truth, especially since I think a lot of people are feeling what you are feeling and mm -hmm. you might be able to find a whole new community. For sure. Um, 
And with this, with lipstick and ink, what has, has it created a new community for you or has it, do you, do you feel like a new community has been built virtually or do you feel like it's exactly the same as it was when you worked full time and didn't have a side hustle? No, it's, it's like completely flipped. So, you know, at work, you know, prior to lipstick and ink, I had coworkers at work. I've had, always had my like close friends and family, but I feel like lipstick and ink, you know, pursuing that and really owning it and what I want to do with it has opened up so many doors. And I feel like because I'm confident in it and what I'm putting out there, I'm confident in meeting more people and putting my name out there. And it's just led to so many more connections like in Chicago and across the nation, across the world. I mean, I've connected with people in Sydney, Australia and Germany, and it's, it's just like incredible. Like what happens when you just really own your power and you know, do the things that you want to do. Because again, you're going to just find those connections of people that are doing the same things. And I feel like that's where the community aspect of lipstick and ink has really come into. I've just been able to create a lot, a lot of new relationships and friendships and Chicago in particular has just an incredible amount of events that, you know, for bloggers and influencers and content creators alike. And I just feel like all those opportunities have always led to new, new uh, relationships as well. And it's so, it's so cool to see you collaborate with all of these individuals. You're, yeah. you know, it's a community that you might be maintaining on the back end, but as a, a viewer or as a consumer of what you've created, it's been really cool to see you actually collaborating and either doing articles with them or Instagram lives and yeah. tagging one another. It's, it's just, it's remarkable. So I just want to applaud you on that. Thank you. Well, and I, I want to applaud you because I mean, <laughs> so for those that are listening and don't know, like I was coached by Emily like last year and she in, in and of itself, like opened up so many doors for me. So thank you because you've connected me with so many incredible people across the U S and I've already started collaborating with them and, you know, talking about how, how can we work together? How can we help each other? And I think that's like the beauty of Emily and her business as well. Thank you. I mean, for me, my, my biggest joy in a way is not being a part of it, but is being able to tee people up and watch the magic happen. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, that was something that, you know, and talk about like people pleasing and self-worth I needed initially to be attached to everything and be like, well, they're hanging out without me. Like, well, am I not cool (laughs) enough? You know? And yeah. And then I very quickly let that go. Um, but it's been, it's like watching my children not that you're my children, but my children, <laughs> I'm just so proud of the people that I've been able to work with. And yeah, that's amazing. Like come from places of giving rather than taking. And yes, um, I think that's the biggest thing in, in building community too. I Do you, so too. I mean, you're a creator of community. Why in general is community important to you? I think, you know, as humans, you know, we naturally crave connection and community. And I think, you know, we find that connection when we're really able to support one another and share our experiences and our struggles. And I think, you know, being open to that and authentic to that is really what helps us, you know, truly build those valuable relationships and give us a deeper sense of belonging. And I think having that kind of community to turn to is ultimately what unites us. And I think to, to what we were speaking about a little bit ago is like having a strong community too opens up a plethora of opportunity too. you know, whether big or small, a community can provide us, you know, countless opportunities for growth experience, whatever we're really looking for. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I could completely agree. Have you ever heard of the saying, like you're a representation of the five people you surround yourself with? Yes. I feel like that's what everyone during this time of isolation (laughs) should think about. Yeah, I think so too. Right? Like this is- Do some soul searching and self-reflection. Totally. And like, there's so many ways to find those five people remotely and digitally. So I know you also have, don't you host your own in, uh, Facebook community? Do we still have that? I do. Um, it's, it's, it's a little dormant right now. <laughs> well, we'll not anymore. It's going to be live by the time this episode. <laughs> we got to nourish that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are there any other Facebook communities that you recommend hanging out in or around? I think, I think it just depends on what you're looking for. So like if you're a blogger like myself, there is a ton of blogger Facebook groups out there. And um, I'm also in a bunch of writer Facebook groups mm-hmm. as well because um, I'm you know trying to write a, a book of mine and having, having that support and people that get it and what you're going through is so important. So yeah, Facebook groups are a great place to look for, for that community if you're not finding it elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I was telling my stepmom about Facebook communities and she's like, I hate Facebook. I'm like, no, no, no. Communities within Facebook. She's like, no, everyone posts horrible things. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, not those. Just keep going to the left and there's a Facebook group. And okay. So I have been stalking your pictures and we haven't had a proper chance to catch up about this. So this is perfect. Now you get to share with our audience as well. You were just in Rwanda, like what, a week ago, two weeks ago? Um, about a month ago now, yeah. A month ago, my time is... Flying. Yeah, yeah, back in the day when you were on planes <laughs> and day. travel was allowed. Um, why, why were you in Rwanda, <laughs> first and foremost? And then also, it looked amazing. So what, like, what brought you to Rwanda? Yeah, so I, I have such a big passion for volunteering. So I, I volunteer weekly at a, at a home for, you know, people with disabilities, uh, just a couple miles from my condo. So I do that weekly, but I was always looking for an opportunity to volunteer abroad. And truthfully, I never found the right program for me. I, I've seen volunteer programs where you go and build a school or you do something in the nature community that just has never, like, pulled at my heartstrings really, so to speak. So I did find something through work. My manager had, had found this organization called Venture to Impact. And Venture to Impact is an organization that really aims to help the communities around the world break the cycle of poverty. So they do various trips around the world. And um, you know, when my manager was telling me she was going to Rwanda, that immediately triggered me to be like, wait, I want, I want to research this and see if this is like a good, you know, pick for me too. So I researched it and we were going to be partnering with an organization on site in Rwanda in, in the city of Kigali called Hope and Homes for Children. So it's a global organization and really what their goal is to, is to help you know disadvantaged people in the community learn skills such as English and computers and Tra- we, we were going to be training business women specifically who own their own business on, you know, entrepreneurial subjects and business subjects. So knowing that and like knowing where I'm at with like Salesforce and Lipstick and Ink, I was like, this is just the perfect opportunity for me to like, you know, share my skill set with people and really, you know, attempt to make an impact on this community. So that's, I went with like 15 other volunteers, much of which were actually from Salesforce, but I didn't know majority of them. So 
it was really, I mean, it was just a really great experience to like get on the ground and meet these individuals and really help them, you know, learn these skill sets, get to, to essentially qualify for better paying jobs because the thing in Rwanda and in neighboring countries in Africa is they have high child abandonment rates. And part of the reason is, is that um, there's this just, there's this preconceived notion in developing countries that placing your children in an orphanage is going to like allow them to flourish and live a better life than they would if they lived with their families. And, you know, hope at homes for children specifically is trying to debunk this myth and, and let them know that no, like, we want to close orphanages because we want to put children in, in loving homes and nurture, you know, nourishing homes instead. So that was like the main goal of, of us going on site. So it was, it was incredible. Oh my God. That is so cool. That was a mouthful, but no, that was amazing. And we'll definitely include more information about that organization in our show notes. Um, I think people are always looking for new ways to volunteer and to give back. So that definitely sounds like something that was life-changing and the people are just honestly incredible I'm still like emailing with them messaging them on Facebook and Instagram like we're staying in contact and you know I don't know where this coronavirus thing is going to go but I I I really would love to go back next year it was it was that just empowering for me and just exciting to be in that kind of space and meeting new people like exposing myself to a different kind of community that I am not normally exposed to. You just learn a lot. And now you have a global community. How cool is that? That, you know, we have tools like Instagram and Facebook and email to keep, keep in contact with Rwanda. Like you would never, 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, well, it's nice meeting you. Best of luck out there. Yeah. And and now you can still be a part of their day to day. Yeah. Which is important. Kelly, it has been such a treat having you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for telling us about Lipstick and Ink and sharing with us your mental health um, platform. And just we're so excited to follow along. How can our audience find out more about what you're doing and learn more about your offerings? Yeah, so you can check out my website. It's thelipstickandink.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, <laughs> Pinterest. So I'm probably the most active on Instagram. So the handle there is lipstick and ink. Perfect. Well, we will definitely be following your adventures Thank and you. look forward to hearing more from you soon. So thanks again for joining the sixth degree. And hopefully I'll see you online at a networking event soon because yes. that's where they're going. Love it. Thank <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.